Hi everybody, this is Christian Medina and you're listening to another episode of Try Accept Pass, a short-form podcast to help you learn more about your favorite development topics. Today's topic is software design. Specifically, we're looking at an article written by Thomas Damore on Dev.2 called Six Principles for Better, Cleaner Code. As engineers, it's our job to be aware of the different techniques for writing or designing software, but not just how to implement a given algorithm, but also what's the best way of producing quality software for the long term that's easier to maintain and debug and to grow as our application expands. So Thomas takes us through some of these methods that can help guide us in writing better code. As always, a link to his article is in the show notes along with any other references. found over the years that it's common for developers to re-implement software simply because a lot of times it's just faster to start over and do it on your own than to try to look through the code base and understand how it works, especially when the people that built it have cycled out of the team or organization or are no longer with the company that you're working for. Code can be complicated, hard to test, difficult to understand, and frustrating to work with. But writing clean code can counter all of those problems, saving everybody time, effort, and money. This article goes over the six common principles that you can apply to produce clean code. I like the cartoon that he uses. It states that the only valid measure of quality is the number of WTFs per minute you get when somebody's trying to do a code review. Less yelling equals better code. Just like writing an application, a blog post, or recording this podcast, no one gets this stuff perfect from the beginning. It's all an iterative process. So let's get into the principles. The first one is KISS, short for Keep It Simple, Stupid. It's a design principle that comes from the U.S. Navy back in the 1960s. It's been around that long and applied in many industries. And the point, the main point, is to avoid unnecessary complexity. You want to reduce the moving parts and ask the question, can this code be written any simpler? It's also about writing for maintainability, making it easy for anyone to debug and fix a problem regardless of their understanding of their overall system. If you find somebody that knows how to write, say, Python code, and that's all they know, you should be able to throw them at your system and, through minimal effort, have them understand what changes they need to make in order to fix a problem. I've run into issues, for example, where there's a large code base that uh, accomplishes most of its tasks through global variables or environmental settings in your operating system. And there's a bunch of separate individual scripts that have no cohesiveness, but all depend on each other in some way. 
if any of those scripts break or if there's some library dependency in one of those scripts that changes, it's almost impossible to predict the implications without crawling the code yourself. And once you find what's broken, you can't determine easily why it broke or even repeat it because you don't have that same environment, either in your operating system or that global state, for example. Another principle that our author takes us through is don't repeat yourself or dry. This comes from the book The Pragmatic Programmer. The idea is to avoid redundant implementations of code or algorithms that perform the same function. If you do that, then whenever your behavior changes or you need to make adjustments to your application, you can just go to one place and do it there. You don't have to search through your entire code base in order to find all instances of that same algorithm and then change it in their respective places, which would increase risk due to just changing more code. Refactoring is a way of implementing dry principles. My personal note is that when doing so, you should think through it because sometimes it could be more expensive to implement this depending on what your ultimate goals are and the expectations of your application. However, as a general objective, it's vastly better to refactor your code and have every piece perform one goal and do it well and keep reusing those pieces instead of re-implementing it in other places. Our third principle is YAGNI. You aren't going to need it. The idea is to stick with your requirements and not add extra functions or features that you don't need. This is a practice from extreme programming. It's also similar to a common practice, which is to produce minimum viable products or MVPs. The idea is to do the simplest thing that could possibly work. You should use it in conjunction with other practices like continuous testing and refactoring. Otherwise, you could get into situations with large technical debt. But you do have to apply engineering principles here and consider the trade-offs of these situations. Sometimes, in my experience, due to human nature, it's best to implement the extra function or feature while you're thinking about the problem as long as you have the time for it. But you can make that function inaccessible to the rest of the code base. You simply even comment it out. You can say, this will likely be needed for feature X when it comes down the pipe. It's cheaper for me personally than to context switch and come back to it days, weeks, or months later. It does help, though, to do a proper conceptual planning of your software development so that in your iterative process, you, you've worked out what the different steps are to produce your MVP and how that MVP grows over time, adding more and more features. This is easier said than done, but it does help. Our next principle is called composition over inheritance. The main point here is that using inheritance as the base of your object model design can lead to inflexible code. If your classes represent what they are instead of what they do, you can find yourself in a situation where you keep having to redefine the base classes out of which everything is inheriting in order to make them match the uses of your application as as it grows. I like to take this even one step further, if the programming language that you're using allows it, of course, which is to only use classes when you need them. 
OO is great, but sometimes if you can just accomplish it with a simple function, there's no need to wrap one function into a class. Our fifth principle is to favor readability. Being concise is less important and having descriptive names, for example, of your variables or your functions makes, makes it easier for people reading your code to understand what's going on. There's no point in producing a one-liner implementation of an algorithm if you can't understand it when you read it. To me, writing code is like writing prose. You write it once or twice, but other people read it dozens or hundreds of times. Think of it like a novel. It should have a flow to it. Group, you should group statements that accomplish the same goals and separate them with like blank lines as if they were paragraphs. This way, you can easily say this, this paragraph or group of statements uh, are the ones accomplishing the first step in my algorithm. The next step is this group of statements. The next step is this group of statements. Add comments to explain design decision or the implications of changes to the, to the piece of code that they reference. Make it easy for people to skim through your code. Your, your team will thank you. Our last principle is to practice consistency. If you decide to do something a certain way, stick to it throughout the entirety of the project. I can't tell you how many times I've looked at code bases uh, maintained by, say, four separate developers, and you can tell which piece was written by which developer because everybody used their own style, their own naming conventions, even, even their own uh, way of, of implementing code. This means there was poor code review in that team, or simply the code base evolved over time in such a way that it was that a lot of, that there was a lot of time pressure to get it out the door faster versus get it out the door correctly. But it makes it really hard for somebody trying to debug the code or interpret it. So because the assumptions made in one place don't apply to others. So that's our last principle. Of course, this is not a comprehensive list. If you do want to read more about clean code, our author recommends a book called The Art of Readable Code. One last piece that I'd like to add that's important to produce cleaner code, at least in my experiences, is the concept of testing. Whenever you write a new function, or implement a new algorithm, you should start to consider how you tested. If you do this while writing the code, or even before writing the code, as is recommended by several other practices like test-driven development, you'll have to think through how people get to use your application ahead of time. And this can be very powerful because something that you have in your head as the best way of, of implementing a solution may not be the best way for a consumer of that solution to use it. This can help you avoid conceptual traps that can complicate your code base, making it harder to maintain later when you realize you need to shift to 
more common usage patterns or simpler usage patterns. Another thing you get out of implementing tests early on is that you have a way of verifying your code as you make changes, especially when you're making fundamental changes or refactoring. It's a great way to make sure that you haven't changed the base behavior of your application. Alright, we've reached the conclusion of this episode. I hope you've enjoyed it, and that we've given you some food for thought for your next software or design project. When trying to apply these principles, don't forget to also apply your engineering knowledge and to take into consideration the trade-offs. Blindly following anything that you read or hear or see on the internet isn't necessarily the best practice. You're an engineer, and it's your job to know what's best for the specific project that's at hand. Thanks for listening to the Triset Pass podcast. If you liked it, feel free to subscribe and leave us a review. Don't forget to visit our website at dragsetpass.org for more articles about real-world software. You can sign up for our mailing list and stay informed with our latest projects. If there's something you want to see us cover, or you have an article or a question, you can send us a tweet at dragsetpass. This is Christian Medina wishing you good times and good tinkering.